Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard on this Wednesday night. I'd rather keep Gannon Steichen if I can only choose one. And I'm more worried about the injuries than I am the coordinators here as we head towards the postseason. And uh, we also try to figure out how much a Phillies bat boy makes as Tucker's thinking about applying for the job even though he's at an advanced age for that. So plenty to talk about, and we'll play Jalen Hurts or coming up. 215-592-9494. That's how you join the show. Is uh, It's starting to feel real now. The playoffs just a few days away. Saturday, Doug Peterson's Jaguars are playing, and the Niners, who everyone seems to um, to think, uh, you know, will be here for a title game coming up in a few weeks against the Eagles. They play Saturday as well. So we're getting close now. It's, it's starting to feel like a playoff week across the NFL and, uh, and the Eagles will find out their opponent by sometime uh, this weekend or Monday night. Joining us right now, though, we haven't been able to do this in a while. Just timing hasn't worked out. Um, I mean, he kind of got bumped for Trey Wingo during the season, which, again, wasn't our call. I mean, that would you call it an upgrade? I, I would not. No, I wouldn't say that. That, that wouldn't be fair to Elliot. No, uh, but we've missed it. Elliot Sherpark's joined the show every Wednesday night for a while. And now, 8 o'clock on Wednesday, we have him back. Elliot, how are you doing tonight? You know, there's no question that playoff football has truly arrived. The sign it's arrived is when us football guys get together and talk about it. So that's how you know the postseason is here. Yeah, and I imagine most of Philadelphia gathered around the radio, like kind of like uh, FDR's old fireside chats. People gather <laughs> exactly. around to listen to the football guys talk football. All right, yeah. Elliot, let's, let's start here. Biggest concern for you as we head to the postseason, and, and we were debating earlier, is it the injuries or is it coaching? Whether it be Sirianni, but I mean, you know how it works here. Most people are more worried about yeah. the coordinators and Gannon more than anything else. For you, what's what's a bigger concern? How you know how the injured players can come back if they can, or is it the coaching? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the injuries. That's not even a question. But I think specifically, it's really just one injury. It's the Jalen Hurts injury. If Jalen Hurts was one hundred percent and this injury never happened. And I think there'll be no questions they're going to the Super Bowl. And I think they probably still will. But having a quarterback with an injury to his throwing shoulder that the team is openly saying is bothering him during the game. And, you know, it, it hurts really bad, you know, after the game, during the game. He's sore after and all that. You know, that, that's really tough to, to go into the playoffs with. Is Lane Johnson a big injury? Absolutely. But great quarterback play can overcome that. And I think Jeff Stoutland can put together a good enough offensive line where he'll get good protection. This is really just going to come down to can Jalen play like Jalen. So I have no concern about the coaching staff. It, for me, it's just the uh, injury to Jalen's shoulder. Yeah, we're, we agree on that. I mean, I, I was talking about that last night. That I, Until I see him play like himself, I'm just worried. Because Sunday, like, he used the phrase good, phrase good enough, and it was good enough to beat the Giants to their backups, but he didn't play like himself. And, Elliot, what's weird, I saw you tweeted out the um, – the kind of the transcript of yesterday with Sirianni, the, yeah. the messaging feels strange from him specifically since Sunday. Like two weeks ago, he's sitting there joking around how Jalen's Superman, right? A superhuman, and he heals different than everybody else. So, all right, that's that's good, and, and maybe he does heal faster than most people. He's a great athlete. But then after the game and into yesterday, 
a lot of like he was really hurting. It was tough for him to be out there, mm-hmm. and it's it's not hurts pushing. And I mean, hurts kind of a man of few words. It's it's just weird hearing Sirianni talk so openly about how difficult this game was for Hurts to get through. Yeah, and, you know, I'll always appreciate honesty uh, from head coaches and players. I think nowadays a lot of times athletes and head coaches are afraid to tell the truth just because of the media market in general, not just in Philly, but overall. You know, if you say anything controversial, it's a big deal. So, you know, I appreciate that he was honest, but the flip side of this to me is they have no reason really to admit he's hurt. I mean, he's playing now. Right. So they, whoever they play in the first round, whether it be the Cowboys, you know, the Buccaneers, if the Giants can pull off an upset, they now know that this, the Eagles are uh, talking openly about how injured Jalen still is. So I'm surprised they're using this game plan. I mean, obviously, when they go up to the podium, they have an idea of what they want to say and to come out since the game. Because it's not just yesterday uh, when Sirianni talked, um, even Sunday. Right. Both of them were honest about kind of how, how they were, how Jalen was feeling. I'm just surprised that they're they're willing to admit how how much he's really struggling with. Them. Yeah, I am too. Uh, and I, you know, we never really got the full extent of the injury, so we don't know if it was like a grade two or three. Maybe it, it really needed four weeks, and he came back in two. So we don't know. I mean, we won't know until he plays here in the game. Elliot, the other thing that I, I think is interesting is you know, it kind of the backdrop of a playoff game next week. Is their two coordinators are, are interviewing for jobs? They're they're in the mix for yeah. jobs, and. I don't think either uh, would be particularly easy to replace, but I'll throw it at you this way. If you could only keep one, if, if you were the Eagles and you could only, you could like guarantee one stays and that means the other one goes, how would you choose it? Man, it's such a tough question because I really think both uh, have done a great job. And that's uh, clear by the fact that they're both getting interviews for head coaching jobs with multiple teams, right? So clearly these are two coaches that have, that have done a good job. There is part of me that wants to stay Steichen because I think ultimately offense just matters way more than defense in this league. So I would be hesitant to, uh, you know, to lose the play caller. But I do think that he could be easier, easily replaced, at, easier to replace, I should say, because um, Sirianni's still the one that's building the offense. He's still the one that's coming, uh, you know, throughout the week about what the play call is going to be in certain spots. Gannon, on the other hand, does all the defense by himself. I'm not saying Sirianni's never in meeting, but he controls that whole defense. And when you look at the Eagles' defense, they've been outstanding this year. So while I think Steichen would be a loss, I think he would just be a little easier to replace than Gannon would. So I'd probably say Gannon. Elliot, let's look forward to this weekend, wildcard weekend, and we're going to find out the Eagles' opponent. I mean, we could find it out as early as Saturday if it's a Seattle upset. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll, know, we'll know Sunday or Monday who they're going to play uh, of the four options, Seattle, Giants, and then obviously Tampa and Dallas, give me the team you think would be the easiest matchup and the one you think would be the most difficult uh, in the divisional round. Yeah, so I think the easiest matchup would be the Giants. Um, you know, obviously Seahawks are right there with them, but I think because they don't play the Seahawks as much, they wouldn't be as prepared for them. They've seen the Giants twice. They played them uh, last year. I know the different coaching staff, but, you know, they, they've, they've played them more often. Than Seattle. Seattle seems to be a team that always kind of gives them problems. I'm not sure why, but they always seem to. The Giants, on the other, on the other hand, I think might have the worst roster of any playoff team. I don't think Daniel Jones is good. I don't think their receivers are good. I think Saquon's overrated. I think their defense is only okay. So I will take the team with with less talent. Uh, you know, of those two. Now, who would be the toughest matchup? That's a tough one to answer because I do think Dallas is a more talented team than Tampa. But I do think Tampa would, would have one key thing going into Dallas wouldn't. They would not be afraid of coming into Philadelphia. I think Tom Brady and that team would you know, be very open to it. Obviously, I think that they've had success against the Eagles. You look at what they did last year. 
twice when they played him and uh, played them, and obviously Tom Brady's had a ton of success. So it's razor thin between those two. But if I had to pick which one to play, I would probably pick Dallas. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know the, the division games are possible, right? The two, two two teams, the Giants and Cowboys, could be a third time we right. see them, which is is just kind of rare. We don't see that very often in the postseason, uh, but we certainly could now. Elliot Shore Parks joining us. We get set for the postseason. The Eagles with a bye week, and then of course uh, they'll play sometime next weekend. Elliot. Uh, all year, I think when we've talked, whether it be on the air or off the air, we've thought this is the best team in the NFC. Do you still think they are? Because I feel like perception, and not just here in Philadelphia, but kind of everywhere, is that the Niners have either either caught or surpassed them. Do you still think they're the best team in the NFC? Yeah, I think that that debate has been an interesting one. And where I kind of come down on it is it's fair to be concerned that the Eagles might not be, but I think it's unfair to actually put the Niners ahead of them. I think the gap is probably closed because of Jalen's injury. Uh, and because, look, they've been playing well. There's no question about it. But I still think the Eagles have a better offense. I think their defense is right there with the 49ers. I know everyone loves D'Amico Ryans and hates Jonathan Gannon. But if you look at it, their defenses are very similar. Uh, D'Amico blitzes even less than Jonathan Gannon does. So I think the defense is basically a wash. But I'll take Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy is pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, with, with all these, you know, analyzing this matchup and that matchup, whatever. Ultimately, it really just comes down to which team has the better quarterback. Even in 2017, Nick Foles outplayed all the quarterbacks that, uh, that, that he went up against, right, which is why they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Jalen is more talented than Brock Purdy. He's more talented than, I mean, I, actually every quarterback in the NFC when you consider Tom Brady's age. So are the 49ers the second-best team? Yeah, I think they are but I don't think they've passed the Eagles as the best team. So it's funny you brought up 2017 and, and Nick and, and obviously the championship game against uh, Case Keenum because yesterday Elliot um, had someone from BetMGM on my BetQL show and asked him about the, the odds in the NFC because they're, they're close right now. Mm-hmm. The Eagles may be slightly above them, but it's like almost even between the two teams. And, and he had said the only reason that is is because the Niners have to play one more game. And, and his, mm-hmm. his assumption is by next week – the market will have the Niners as the favorite, which my antenna went off right away. Because, Elliot, I think that means if, if he's right, and I, he's a trader, I mean, knows what he's talking about, I think we're heading towards the Eagles as a home underdog to the Niners in the NFC title game, which is just like it was in 2017. Do you think that would be good for this group? Because in 2017, they obviously fed off of that, like the, the underdog right. mass. Like, that became their thing. This group's been a favorite all year. How do you think it would be if, if they if they knew they were the underdog at home against the Niners? Yeah, I don't think it would be a good thing if they were an underdog because if they're an underdog in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco, to me, that'll be because Jalen didn't play well in the first playoff game. Like Maybe they, they'll, they'll survive it if he doesn't play well. But I think if they play their first playoff game, whether it be against whoever, Dallas, Tampa, you know, New York, Seattle, whatever – if they come out and play really well and Jalen looks like Jalen, I don't think they'll be a home underdog. So I think if they were a home underdog in the championship game, that would that would be a sign that Jalen, you know, kind of turned in his second average slash poor performance since he missed time with the shoulder injury. And in that case, maybe it would be a fair underdog. But, I, I, yeah, I don't think it would be a good thing. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, Elliot, let's end with this. Um, Tucker was asking a question or kind of wondering how much a bat boy gets paid, like a Phillies bat boy. What's your guess? I mean, my guess was 50 bucks a game, and then I have some people telling me it's way more than that, like it's hundreds a game. If you had a guess, how much do you think a bat boy gets paid per game? Well, here's a better question. Who do you think gets the money? Because I don't know how old these bat boys are, but, like, are they getting the money? Do the parents get the money? Is the check written out to them? Like, because like, of their ages? So 
that would be one thing I would be interested in knowing. Are we going to, you know, hear these stories in a few years about parents <laughs> taking all the bat boy money and, you know, now they have to sue to get it back? Like, that would be one thing I'd be interested in. But in terms of actual money, my guess is it's probably less than you think because it's a really cool experience and they could get anybody to do it. And when you can get anybody to do a job, it's you know often not a well a good paying. One. Yeah, and it's in line, and it's usually children, right? They don't need to be compensated yeah. as much as an adult. Yeah, they're, they're not, to... They don't have agents. They're not negotiating right. there. You know, <laughs> they don't need to support yeah. themselves. Yeah, that that's a good point, <laughs> Elliot. Exactly. Appreciate you hopping on, uh, and we'll talk. Let's do it again next week before the playoff game. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Jim. All right, there he goes, Elliot Shore Park. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that aspect of the whole thing. I mean, but again, I I would think. If they're 14 or older, they'll get their own money, right? Like if you have a, a job and you're in high school or whatever. So all this conversation about this and all these opinions, are you being pushed more likely to apply or not? I mean, that's how they got me to agree to my salary here. What, your parents get the money? No, they said it'll be less because it's such a cool experience. Yeah, that's how they get all of us here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want to do this? You can talk about the Eagles all the time. Cool, sign me up for how much? Get home at 1230 every night? No problem. Yeah, um... But I mean, that's true. I mean, us aside, that that is true, right? Like jobs that are cool. No, then that's not every job that's cool. You make you don't make any money. But like, I think Elliot's probably right. They don't have to pay a lot. Every the supply far supersedes the demand. Well, yeah, you would think every fourteen-year-old kid in the area that likes the Phillies, if they had a chance to do it, would want to be the bat. Boy. Some of the twenty-seven-year-old kids in the area would like to be the yeah, bat. Yeah, that's your kid is the right word. All right, let's go back to the phone lines here. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Gannon or Steichen, one stays, one goes, you pick. And my biggest worry is is easily the injuries between Hertz and hopefully he could be close to 100%. Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, even Miles Sanders, who had the knee brace late in the season. Are they going to get enough out of those guys? That's my worry. And more than the coordinators. These are good coordinators they have here, especially Jonathan Gannon. 215-592-9494. All right, let's grab uh, – we got Mike and Exton here. I think he wants to talk some John Oates. What's up, Mike? Um, Joe, enough of this uh, uh, bad boy, ball boy stuff. Ruben Amaro is still a ball boy. Get him on the line. Well, we could get Ruben. We've had him plenty of times. We can get Ruben on yeah, the show. Isn't he still doing it as a side job? I mean, you, I, I'm not sure he'd be willing to reveal his salary on the air. <laughs> All right, number two. Okay. Uh, as the only one on this pathetic station who is a veteran of Philadelphia's Live Aid, the John Oates thing has got to go, Joey. I look at you and I see a couple of your pictures, and I'm thinking Buddy Holly. So I'm more Buddy Holly than I am. What do you Is think? It the glasses? I, I, I definitely. Hey, I saw I saw them there. I saw I saw them at the man a couple of years ago. I know who John Oates is. <laughs> Joey is not John Oates. They, I try to tell him. I mean, I I'm, I agree with you on that, Mike. I mean, we're not going to debate that. I'm with you. What the hell does Tucker know? Anyway, so anyway, finally, you know how I love to call in now and do impersonations, Joe Conklin impersonations. (laughs) This one is of Ray Dinger. Okay. He he was on with Angelo the other day, which made my day. And anyway, they were going at I mean, not going at they were just talking. And and Ray Dinger almost had a stroke because of the Chicago band. And that and that's what I am saying, and that's why we're in the position we're in. He says he could not. I don't know if you guys heard it, uh, but I did. And he said he could not believe went down in the game. It was a frozen field, and he ran seventeen times. The bear game, the bears. Correct. Game. Correct. 
Yes. Uh, so so Ray was back with those guys today. I, I heard a little bit. No, of no, it. no. The other day he was back with them. To, he was on with Joe and uh, John, and then he was on with Angela, and that was a more interesting conversation. So is Ray unretired now? What is going on, Mike? You breaking news to me? Is he back? Is Ray back? He, he's gonna be. He's gonna be a bad boy. He's gonna be a ball boy. <laughs> no. He has. He, you know, you used to play baseball. Yeah. Now that would be a scene if I turned into a Phillies game and there's Ray. It's very good to have him back, though. I love him well, so of much. Of course. Mike, we appreciate it. Uh, so is Ray back? What's going on? He's doing spots on Angelo, spots on Cameron Ritchie. Is Ray back? Yeah. How do we get him on the evening show? Well, I mean, I just want to, I just need to answer. I need that question answered. Is Ray back? Is this like Jordan? Is it like Favre? Jordan, is Jets, Favre, Ray Didinger? Didinger. Yeah. Is it, I mean, or is it Vikings that did uh, Favre? I mean, that well, was the first a, year was pretty good. The second year, not not so much. Yeah, that first year NFC Championship game. I mean, I, I am yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm always excited to hear Ray Dittinger's voice on WIP. It's, I just didn't think I'd be hearing it. You know what it is? The, the allure of a playoff run. It's tough to tough to say now. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, why is Angelo still here? Right? He wanted to stick around through this season. It's been such a special season. He didn't want to you know stop his show. That he started, you know, the continuation of the show that started at the beginning of the season and just ended. I get it. Everyone wants to latch on to a potential Super Bowl run. They don't come around every day. But I, um, it's great if Ray is back. But I just, do you think we get an official unretirement announcement or are you just going to pop on shows? I hope he shows up wearing that shirt that Joe and Hurts wore the other day. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Ray in a t-shirt. Me neither. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could sew it on like a flannel or something. Yeah, for some him. sort of button down makes more sense. It, yeah, we're, we'll sew I'm back on a button down short sleeve shirt. Tom is in Sea Isle City. Hey, Tom. How you guys doing tonight? Good, Tom. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that the Bat Boy probably makes about three grand a year. That's my prediction. So three grand and, a uh, year over. A year. Uh, eight, now, that's 81. 81 games. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah. Nah, it's not much. I don't know that they're paying him that much, but uh, he makes more than that. Hey, God bless him. I'm hoping he makes 80. But uh, I'm thinking three grand a year. But I wanted to call. Everybody's talking about Gannon, and mm-hmm. I had a couple issues with Gannon, but not many. But really, the, I, nobody seems to touch on it. But the head coach and the offensive coordinator, I know we're 14 and three, and we got you know some players and everything like that. But uh, the Chicago game in our last game, I mean, you ran Jalen so many RPOs. And wound up you know, hurting him for the rest of the season. And for me, I mean, I don't know what the offense coordinator was thinking. And if I'm the head coach, I got to overrule him. I got to say, whoa, timeout. We got we got to throw something. We got to run the ball. They didn't run the ball. And then I'm a season ticket holder. And our last game, Jalen Hurts with a bad shoulder. They threw the ball nine consecutive times right off the get. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about that. I don't, t- get, I don't get his thinking. Well, I mean, the, the one thing I'll is- say about this past game, and you're, and you're right about the Bear game and how much they ran him over the year. I actually thought Sunday, the way they designed it, I never thought he was in, in real trouble. Like, yes, they threw a lot, but they were most of those were like short, quick passes, right? The ball was out of his hands pretty fast, and they didn't run him at all. So I, I thought the game plan Sunday, although it was kind of vanilla and blah, they, they didn't put him in harm's way this past week. Well, it was they were quick. Yeah, you know, quick, they, a lot definitely. of quick passes. He had a couple long passes. He had to stay in there for a little bit. But uh, you're still risking a uh, chance of somebody getting missing a block and creaming him, you know. And for him to throw the ball that much, they should have ran the ball. We have some beasts on that offensive line. Let's use them. You got a Jaguar. You don't have a Ford Escort. You got a Jaguar. You run it. 
you know, you run that baby. And yeah, well, it seems like they're not using, you know, all their tools. And to me, it's frustrating because now we have a quarterback that's hurt that is the MVP, and I don't really care what anybody says, but he really is the MVP. But now he's not going to get it. I know it's not uh, personal accolades or anything like that, but he's not going to get it when he really does deserve it. But they they ran him so many times in that Chicago game. They had to like the sixth time RPO. They he didn't see an edge. He had to kept the kept the ball, and they had a safety come up and kept creaming him. I mean that they figured that they figured them out. Well, you're they, Tom. They, you, they, he, they, he took a lot of hit. Tom. You make a lot of good points, uh, and I I agree with some of what you're saying. But I, I, let me say this about the running of Jalen Hurts. I think we should not pretend. Sometimes I think we do this thing where it's like when the bad thing happens, then we start talking about it. In week one, week one, Jalen Hurts ran 17 times. And you know what I said the day after that game? I said they're playing a dangerous game. Like they they were asking for this all year. They really were. Now, it is. I think it's hard not to do it because he's so good at it and it makes the offense so much better. But you know what Jalen Hurts' legs have been for the Eagles for two years now, for Sirianni and for Steichen. They're a crutch. They need a first down. Jalen, go get us a first down. They want to create a numbers advantage in the box. Jalen will just run. No big deal. And as far as why they didn't run as much on Sunday, has anyone started to wonder if their run game isn't as good as we think it is without his legs? I have. Right? Obviously, they weren't going to use him as a runner on Sunday. Well, maybe the run game isn't as effective because the Giants don't have to worry about that that other runner in the backfield. Like, if just hands... We've given a lot of credit to this offensive line the last two years, and they're good. But for how good they are is that they could run the ball on anybody. Can they? Or do they run the ball on anybody most of the time because Jalen Hurts creates a numbers advantage for them, and when they don't have that numbers advantage, it's, it's Miles Sanders and a pretty good offensive line. Yeah, I mean, the two games that he didn't start, the Cowboys and Saints game, they had 87 rushing yards and 67 rushing yards. Yeah, and I don't think that's all because they just chose not to run. I think they weren't as effective at it, so they didn't do it as much. Um I didn't lose my mind after the Bears game because I kind of was waiting for it all year. And maybe it's just like I'm a doom and gloom fan. But, like, when you're running a quarterback nearly 200 times, eventually he's going to get hit. Yeah, and the timing of it was probably terrible, right? Like, if this had happened week five or week six and he was back by the beginning of November right, and was healthy, now I think we'd all be fine. Like, if I had told you in August before the season Jalen Hurts had the numbers he has and he only missed two games, I think everybody would have signed up for it. The timing stinks, though, because we're going into the postseason. But the timing stinks because he's a huge question mark. Is we're how many days away from the postseason now? 13, 14? 10 for their game, right, though? Right next Sunday's 10 days? If they 10 play days? Sunday, yeah, I think it's something like 10 days. Right? Yeah, 9 or 10 days, depending if they play Saturday or Sunday of next weekend. Yeah, and we don't know. We just don't know how effective he's going to be, how healthy he's going to be. And the other thing that it's just like Lane Johnson. Yes, he's going to play. We know that. Is he going to be okay when he takes a shot on his shoulder? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Is Lane Johnson going to be okay when he twists quickly to, to pick up a, a stunt? I have no idea. And it's, it is it is the blessing and the curse of having a Jalen Hurts, of having a Steve McNair, of having a Cam Newton. You have these guys, and they're dynamic, and they change the game, and they make it easier to play offense, but they don't they can't do it physically without eventually it takes a toll. And that's where we're at right now. It doesn't mean Jalen can't play well in the postseason, but it's 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 part of all this. 215-592-9494. Um, all right, so what was that? The 40 bucks an hour? The the three thousand dollar guess? Well, that was forty bucks a game. Forty bucks a game, right? Excuse me, not hour. So forty bucks a game. We, this is maybe the the widest variety of um of guesses we've had on this or any sort of 
silly thing we bring up in a long time. Yeah, I, I stand by fifty bucks a game. So that's I guess that's not that much more than than our last caller said. No, I mean statistically, that's twenty five percent more. Yeah, I guess percentage percentage wise it is. But what what would fifty bucks a game be? Four thousand bucks for the year. Yeah, give or take, depending yeah. on postseason. Yeah, well, all right. Well, it's the Phillies. I mean, you can't count on the postseason. Maybe we're in an era now where we get a few of those, but uh, historically, you can't count on the postseason with the Phillies. 215-592-9494. I believe we are heading towards something, and I mentioned Elliot a few minutes ago, as this playoffs evolve. If we get a certain matchup, I believe we're heading towards something. And I disagree with Elliot. I actually think it would be a good thing for this town and for this team. We'll discuss that next. Your phone calls... Gannon Steichen, one stays, one goes. And who are you more worried about? Or what are you more worried about? What's the biggest concern? Injuries or the coordinators or coaches? I- I'm way more worried about the injuries here. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers get up to $100 of free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL, same-game parlay or same-game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you'll get back at free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. All right, here right, let's build one for the Jaguars-Chargers game. I'm going to go Chargers minus the 2.5. Let's go over with Austin Eckler's receptions, and let's go over... Keenan Allen yards in this game. Build your own or choose one of the popular same-game parlay. It's pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? You can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose, when signing up with promo code GILIO. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. I really like the FanDuel app. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. Plotting his way to the Phillies dugout here. And you guys on the phone lines with us. 215-592-9494. the easiest way to get in the dugout. Well, it's your only way. I mean, right? So you have manager, coaches, players. Um, I think if we kind of scale your chances to do any of those at this point, it's slim to none. Yeah, I had that realization today that I probably don't have a shot at making the Phillies as a player. Today? Yeah, like my athletic prime has, has passed me by. It's funny, I saw a video of Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, um, when he was in high school as a football player, uh, which you would think he's kind of smallish. He's probably on the, on the scale of, of me versus Mike Vrabel. Like, he's way closer to me among NFL coaches. Like he just looks like a right. really smaller guy. But he played high school football, and he's actually looked bigger then than he does now. But I saw this video of young him, and he talked about how it was his dream. Like, his... He wouldn't have been a success if he didn't play for the Broncos. Like, he wanted to be a football player, right? He was in high school. We all have that moment where we realize we are not going to play professionally. You're having yours moment, like now? Yeah, it took until now. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's different. There's the self-aware younger people. There's some people that takes, you know, they have to be told, like, you stink, you can't play. Uh, for me, it was probably, I don't know, middle school or very early in high school. Like, no one told me. I just, like, look at those guys. Look at me. I'm not them. Yeah, it does become very obvious when you become the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth best player at your small high school. Yeah, it's 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 not hard to kind of start thinking about, all right, this, this is probably not going to happen. But Tucker does want to be a bat boy. We're trying to figure out how much the bat boys for the Phillies make. Wide variety answers coming in. I mean, some people, uh, I got someone saying thirty nine grand a year on ZipRecruiter. Like, do they really have all the bat boy positions on ZipRecruiter? I mean, if that's the case, sign me up. You're out. I'm at, like, I'm sorry. If Rod can match that, I'd consider. But, I mean, my goodness. Well, I actually think it'd be better for WIP because we'd have someone, like, a real source we'd have in the dugout. Like, imagine, I mean, I would, I would, I'd hope you would kind would of. Would you let me call in to postgame? Well, a double agent kind of thing. We're like, you know, let's say Topper's out, you know, having a little disagreement with Bryce Harper about something going on. Like, we'd know about that. and we could, Would I call in with, like, a, a voice changer on? Whatever works. I mean, as long as we know what's going on in the dugout. Imagine last year you could have told us how much those guys hated Girardi before they actually fired him. It would have been great. I mean, you, that, that's the kind of stuff we need. 215-592-9494. Back to the lines in a second here about Gannon Steichen and your biggest worry entering the postseason, the biggest concern, whether it be the injuries or this coaching staff. But first, what to watch for here, sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money. So, I'm watching the odds in the NFC. So, I mentioned Elliot a little while ago when he was on with us that 
the Eagles are still slight favorites to win the NFC. And you can look over at FanDuel Sportsbook right now to win the conference. The Eagles are plus 160. The Niners are 2-1. to one. So it's pretty close. Then the third favorites, the Cowboys are plus 550. Bucks, Vikings, Giants, Seahawks, you know, well down from their double digits. Eagles the favorite. But it's not much. Uh, it's plus 160 versus plus 200 over the Niners. So... I was told this week by someone who is a trader, basically moving odds and taking bets from people from one of these sports books, that the only reason the Eagles are that favorite right now is because the Niners have to play an extra game. It's just kind of inherently, well, they're going to be less because they haven't won this next game yet. I was told by next week the Niners are going to be the favorite uh, in probably some or all, maybe all sports books to win the NFC over the Eagles. They will be the favorite, assuming they win this game, though. So you kind of play that out, and you know we'll see what happens in the next round and how those teams look, how the Niners would look against whoever they play, how the Eagles would look against whoever they play. But I think we are headed towards the Niners being a favorite here in the NFC Championship game. I think we are heading towards, and I don't think it's going to be big. Like I'm not saying they're going to be a touchdown favorite. But I think just based on reading the tea leaves, seeing the odds, talking to a trader from a sports book, I think the Eagles are going to be home underdogs in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco. I think the, the momentum is building for that. And I actually disagree with Elliot on this. I love it. I think it's actually better for the team. And I think it'd be better for the fan base. I mean, I do you remember? I, I'm just thinking back to, and I think it's, it's following a very similar pattern. In 2017, I remember the lead up to the Falcons game was worry. There was not talk about a Super Bowl here. There was not talk about winning a championship. There was, what are we going to do with Nick Foles? Can they actually win a playoff game? Now, they were underdogs in the first playoff game against the Atlanta Falcons, which was, I thought, disrespectful. But the, the feeling and the discussion for the two weeks from the end of the regular season to the first playoff game was more concern, worry, fear that this great season was going to end with a thud. They got through that game. And you know what the next week became when it was clear they were going to be underdogs to the Vikings? It was, we're not losing this game. There's no way Case Keenum's coming here and beating the Eagles. And it it, tur- it flipped to, like, probably way too low of confidence to probably a ridiculous level of confidence considering it was it was Nick Foles. Like, we, I didn't I remember anyone calling in that week and saying they're going to lose to the Vikings. Meanwhile, the week before, there was some worry of the Falcons. I actually think it'd be fun if the 49ers were the favorite. And I think it'd be interesting to see how the Eagles responded for the first time basically all season not being the favorite and being doubted in a significant way. I I think it could work out for them. I think teams respond well when people doubt them, right? Like we went through the whole 2017 underdog situation, but I even think back to earlier this week, Stetson Bennett and the people at Georgia were talking about how they were being doubted, how they thought no one believed in them. I mean, you were never lower than like, Two in the conference or in the the uh, BCS spot. standings. Yeah, I think they started Alpha. It was like two to one favorites to win the title in the preseason, and then you were fourteen and a half point favorites <laughs> in the national championship game, and you ended up winning by fifty eight. I, I just, I think athletes and I think sports teams like being doubted. I think it's an easy source of motivation for them. Well, I mean, think about Jalen Hurts' post-game stuff, right? He always tells them, even if they just played really well. We haven't played our best football yet, right? Like, it's always like they need that. They need motivation. I think we're heading towards the Eagles being an underdog to the Niners two weeks from now in a title game. I love it. If you still have your dog mask, bring it back out. 
to the link because I, I think we are heading there where the Niners will be a slight favorite over the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Bill is up on WIP. Hey, Bill. How you guys doing? Good, Bill. What are you thinking tonight? I'm thinking about these major league sports franchises pay their people that aren't the players pennies on the dollar. So when you're talking about a bat boy, he's not getting much. I was Santa Claus for the Philadelphia Flyers during most a uh, couple of the seasons during the Lindros era. They paid me 35 bucks a game to be Santa Claus. Okay? And they took taxes out. When I got my check, it was like 27 bucks. Now, this was a seasonal job, right? Like like this December? Yeah, yeah. At the after Thanksgiving all the way through December. So maybe eight games, nine games, whatever they had during the season, I was Santa Claus, and that's what I got paid, like I said. Yeah, so are, are you are you a Santa? Like, do you, have, have you done this, like, in other places? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and um, at the time, any other place that I did it, I was getting paid, like, a minimum of 150 bucks for, like, two hours. So, yeah. That's what the sports teams do. They know, hey, it's a privilege to work for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's a privilege to work for the Philadelphia Phillies. We're going to pay these other guys millions and millions of dollars. But, hey, you know what? We're going to give you, you know, bird seed. Come on out because you can tell everybody, hey, you were the Santa Claus for the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, and look, in 2023, you called WIP, you told the story. Bill, what do you think a fair price would have been? Like, what, what's, what's, what was, like, 100 bucks? Like, like more yeah, like that? I, I think I think 100 bucks would yeah. have been. But you know what? I, I'm a big Flyers fan, so I bought into it, and I, you know, I was honored to do it. So don't get me wrong. Right, Okay? Right. And the same thing. If I was a kid, I would love to be a bat boy for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, same thing, but the bottom line is they're not getting paid that much money. Yeah, okay? I, I, that's what I, Bill. I, my, what, what you're explaining to me is is the guess I had. That it's not very lucrative. I mean, I some people were telling me you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I, that that would be surprising. Yeah, I would be. Um, you know, we're we're a few years away from when I did it twenty years ago or so. So you know, it may be a hundred bucks. At the most, I can't imagine it would be more than a hundred bucks a game. Yeah, Bill, listen, I would be surprised. Yeah, oh, and I appreciate the phone call. I appreciate you sharing the story. The one thing I was thinking about is Bill told that story though. What's about supply and demand? Right, like any kid, again, a kid as Tucker contemplates applying, kid could be a bat boy. It's you know anyone could do it. Santa, you would think there's the supply and demand factor. Like if I went and applied to be a, a Santa uh, around Christmas. I don't fit the bill. Would you grow your own beard? I mean, I, I could try. It's not going to look good. Uh, but it's not even that. It's it's more. I mean, unless I'm going to wear a pillow or something. I, I just it's your shape. Yeah, I, I just don't have the look. Yeah, more of an elfish look. If we're being honest. Yes. If if yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. But yes, I agree. If if, if it would be one of the two things, I I'm much more like an elf than I am Santa Claus. I would think. I don't know. I mean, I, I would think our last caller could have charged more. I mean, how many people out there kind of have the look to be a, a Christmas Santa at the Flyers games? Can't be that many. And shout out to him for recognizing that and, and capitalizing on that, <laughs> that opportunity. Oh, I've noticed that a lot of people that have the Santa look do capitalize on that. It's like, you might as well. Do you think they, like, notice it at first or someone tells them, 
and then they kind of go down that career path. No, I, I think they're told. Like they're sitting at the food court eating a hamburger, and someone says, you know, you look just like Sam. No, I, well, here's my experience with this. Children, especially young ones, before they kind of realize how etiquette, will be the ones to tell you. So when I, my, my daughter is five now, and she, I think she was probably two or three when this happened. We saw a, an older gentleman in a parking lot once. And like she, she wasn't kidding. Like she was young enough to uh, you know, speak and say what she wanted to say, but she definitely didn't know what she was saying, like the implications. We saw an older gentleman. I was carrying her in a, in a parking lot. And we saw an older gentleman that had a look where he looked like, you know, Santa. And she looked at him and she said, there's, look who it is. It's Ho-Ho. She kept calling him Ho-Ho. So, like, I imagine that happens to a lot of older gentlemen who have the Santa look, and then they, it, it kind of hits them, like, oh, <laughs> I guess I do look like Santa Claus. I, I think it happens by accident. John's in Barrington. Hey, John. How you doing? Good, John. What are you thinking? Um, I think that the Eagles offense is so well-coached. I think they do a great job. I really do. I mean, with the RPOs and everything, I really think they've gotten they did they've done a really good job with her. I think the offense you could see it. it they designed the offense to exploit his talent, and they did a great job with that. And that's why he's almost MVP. That's why he has a shot at being MVP. The question I wonder with the Eagles is because of the fact that he's such a runner, can they give him this much money? I mean, it's tough because how long can a guy take the beating he takes? How many years does he play? You know, I mean, you can't take the beating he's going to take. And watching the playoffs, they're, they're going to take the gloves off. He's going to be running and getting hit. And they were hoping that they could hold him back. They were going to win Dallas or New Orleans. And they could keep him out until this week. And it's interesting to see what they're going to do. Yeah, John, I, I think you bring up a lot of fair points. I mean, John, the, the guy I've compared him to a lot this season, he just reminds me of him um, as a player and his kind of a, his toughness. He reminds me of Steve McNair, John. And, and Steve played yep. for about 10 or 12 years. But if you look back, I think he only played 16 games in a season like four times. He always seemingly was... You know, he was banged up, right? A, a sprained shoulder, a sprained ankle, and he was tough, and he gutted it right. out. But and he and he was good, but he probably That's had great. like I think he had one MVP kind of season, other other good ones. That's but a great comparison. The the, the really injuries, good. yeah, and the injuries took their toll. Like he was really good, but he's not a Hall right. of Famer, right? Like, and and I I always thought his body just so, eventually it gave out on him. I think you saw it this week. I mean, I know he was hurt, but I think you saw this week that he's not a sure passer. That if you take if you take away the ability to run, nobody says this because they say he's hurt. And it's not a knock. It's just that he has to play a certain way for him to be as good as he can. Because, I mean, you could see the Giants were hitting him. They had no protection. They didn't design the protection. And I think that a lot of it is they take a lot off him. And I think that may become a problem as time goes on here. I mean, I, can, he, can he grow into the position? Without a doubt. But the idea that they can do this consistently, I mean, they're going now. Like, they have no choice. They're going to try to win it now. But, you know, he's going to take a beating. I mean, and they know it. They know it's coming. I mean, you're going to see every RPO, every design run. They're going to, you know, they're not going to hold anything back. And he's going to get pounded. And no way around that. I mean, 
there's just no way around that. Yeah, and but it's also fair to question John his long term future, and we appreciate the phone call. Um, I mean, if we try to find comps, McNair, Cam Newton, I think is a comp. Uh, you know, now Russell Wilson is is body type kind of a comp, but he also evolved a lot and became more of a throw. Now. You could also say he's cooked. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the hits or just whatever, but he's kind of cooked at the age of 33, somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, this is only his 10th year, I think. Yeah. Uh, Donovan. I mean, Donovan. Now, I, I, I always wonder if Donovan didn't take care of his body enough. It was, it was partially his own fault, uh, more than just the beating he took on the field. But same thing. Early 30s, he was done. He, here's a silver lining, though, as we look forward to what I imagine will be the Eagles paying Jalen Hurst this offseason. He's still on the younger side. I, mean, I think it's like, I think there's two two parts to this. Is Jalen Hurts going to play until he's forty? Like, if you ask me right now, is he going to be a guy that has longevity as a high level quarterback, and he puts up crazy numbers because he plays every year until he's in his late thirties, early forties? I'd bet no on that. I mean, that's just that's just the way he plays and the way his how his game is. I'd bet no on that because there's very few quarterbacks that have ever done that playing like he plays. Am I also afraid of giving him his next contract because of this? Not really. He's only 24. Like, if we if we think, I don't know, maybe he's going to be one of those guys like Cam, like Donovan, like, you know, McNair to an extent. Well, McNair kind of had a peaks and valleys where he, he had some, like, a resurgence in his early 30s, but he never was consistently great after, like, age 30 or so. Is he going to be like them? Yeah, but... He still should have a runway here, right? Like Jalen Hurts is not twenty eight. Like if he was twenty eight and we were talking about a contract, I'd be like, uh oh. This guy might fall off a cliff soon. I don't think that's the case. Um I I, I think he's gonna have four or five more really good years. I hope, at least. And and then you would think the stuff would kind of start to set in all the all the hits, all the all the injuries or whatever, but I, I think it's more of like the next contract, not the one he's gonna get now. Then you like do you want him when he's 30 years old? But they're going to pay him for the next four or five years. He'll still be in his 20s the whole time. Yeah, so it's great. I just pulled it up. So he's made 34 starts in his career. And I pulled up uh, career leaders in rushing yards per game for a quarterback. Just to kind of see where he right. First of all, he's fifth all time in that. But you kind of look at the group. I mean, Cam Newton has 144 starts. Randall Cunningham is 135. Russell Wilson, 173. Dante Culpepper, 100. And then you get down to Steve Young, 143. I mean... That's about it. Like, most of these guys max out at, at 10 years. I mean, the number one guy, if you kind of look at it, is, I mean, even, like, someone like Aaron Rodgers, he stopped running the ball a long time right. ago. Uh, that's probably the number, 10 years. So this is your three? So of guys who average 20 rushing yards per game, McNabb is number one at 161 starts. So, yeah, so let's say, you know, Five or six more years before we have to really think about it. That, that's yeah, I mean, that's I 10 years as a starter. Yeah, and that's that's the next contract, right? I, I, my guess would be by the time his next contract, his first true contract, the, you know, the big one he's going to get, whatever that is, will be when he's probably coming towards the end. But so that there's, it's two parts to it. Am I worried about this contract they're going to give him? I'm not because I, I think, well, number one, he hasn't had a truly debilitating injury yet. And I hope he doesn't have one, but he hasn't had one yet. The ankle last year was nagging. He had surgery on it when the season was over. Uh, this is obviously painful, but he's playing. It's not like it's not like an ACL. If he has one of those, it changes the equation. But he hasn't. Um, and I, I just think it's going to be more like McNair, where he just. I I wouldn't be surprised. We have a lot of these conversations over the next three or four years. He's he's fighting through it. He's banged up. His shoulder hurts. 
his hand got hit, his thumb hurts. Like, that's the way he plays. And they may use him differently, but the truth of the matter is he's grown so much as a pastor, and he's a good pastor now. But why is he an MVP candidate? Because he could do both. I mean, that, and as long as he – I mean, Josh Allen does both. I mean, Josh Allen's also built like a truck. I mean, Hurts is built like a truck too, but Allen's bigger. So so maybe the two of them, we'll see how long each of them lasts. But it's it's certainly going to be part of the equation as we move forward, Jalen Hurts here. 215-592-9494. That gets you aboard here on a Wednesday night. So we're going to do something when we get back that we haven't done in a while. It's, it's one of my favorite segments we haven't done in a while. Uh, it's called Jalen Hurts or now this actually started as Carson Wentz or, and we'll explain the whole thing. But you know, in the past, it's been Tucker throws me a quarterback, and I say I'd rather have that guy or Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts or that quarterback. Let's do it with the playoff quarterbacks. Now, there's going to be some obvious ones where it's like obviously Jalen Hurts is is better than this guy or that guy, and then there's going to be the top right, and he's had a great season. Would I rather have? And and we'll do it just for the playoffs. Like this is not for the future. It's not for the long term. It's just for the next four weeks. Would I rather have Jalen Hurts or we'll discuss it and, and see where he ranks uh, on our list, on my list, among quarterbacks in this postseason. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.